on April 18, 2016, National Polygamy Advocate Mark Hinkle was on The Jane Carroll Show on AM 1360 KUIK. The Jane Carroll Show, where you are the star on 1360 KUIK, the voice of Washington County. Welcome back, everybody. My guest is Mark Hinkle, and he is the uh, is a national polygamy advocate, and he's here to talk to us about some important cases and the merits of, of, of polygamy and, and marital rights, and something that we've been discussing in relationship to same-sex marriage and all kinds of changes, and of course, the, the ever-popular uh, Sister Wives program. Uh, he, isn't, he isn't a Mormon. He isn't a Muslim. He isn't uh, from Utah, but he's here to talk to us about it and, and try to talk to us about the constitutional and arguments in favor of, of polygamy that is always has been and may always be controversial. Hi, sir. Hello. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Okay. So, so I, I was reading some of your works and, and the, the privacy rights and, and some of the issues, they actually make a, a lot of sense to this person who is uh, uh, in favor of traditional marriage. So tell, explain your position to, to my audience. Well, I come from a constitutionalist conservative position and what I actually help fellow conservatives understand is that the true conservative, true limited government position is to abolish all marriage control for unrelated consenting adults. First, from a constitutional standpoint, the word marriage shows up nowhere in the Constitution, and therefore, under the Enumerated Powers Doctrine and the Tenth Amendment, that thereby shows that the federal government has no authority to license, define, and control marital relationships for unrelated consenting adults from the federal level. Right. Then and I agree that, with you on that. I've, I've long held the position that government shouldn't be in the business of condoning or, or approving or disapproving of marriage. Exactly. And the irony of those who advocate for what I call OMOW, O-M-O-W, one man, one woman, so I refer to it for brevity, OMOW, one, O-M-O-W, the, those who advocate for OMOW as a legal doctrine ironically, will be trying to act like they think they're a prophet, saying that the slippery slope from same-sex marriage leads to polygamy. But the reality is, it was the Omaus who, and using government to legalize and, de- and criminalize polygamy, that by them being the first to use big government to redefine marriage by excluding polygamy from the definition of marriage, it was the Omiles who were the first to redefine marriage, the first to use big government, and they were the true slippery slope that led to legalized same-sex marriage. Because if there was no government involved in marriage control for unrelated consenting adults and giving big government special rights to one man, one woman, then those pursuing same-sex marriage would never have even wanted to. There would have been no idea to even try. They would have had no legal standing. So the true slippery slope is not same-sex marriage to polygamy. The true slippery slope was one man, one woman led to and caused legalized same-sex marriage by using government where it never belonged in the first place. Yeah, and that, I think your, your, your theory is, is well presented. But you, you also, you, you're very for, for, for privacy rights and people uh, establishing their own things and things that are, and marriage is not in the Constitution, but it is, is certain, it certainly is part of uh, if you're a Christian or a Judeo-Christian ethic, it certainly is part of that. Well, I am a 
biblical Christian, actually, an evangelical Christian. And this is this actually point came to me when I was told to study the Bible as an evangelical Christian. And that right. was my first mistake, because I'm the... When I went to college, I got two degrees in three years with a 4.0. And what I do is when I study things, I study them intensely. And as a Christian, I studied the Bible intensely. And I realized that there is zero evidence of the invented doctrine of enforce one man, one woman anywhere in the Bible. It's simply not there. However, you will see numerous, dozens of examples of biblical heroes as polygamists. And yes. when you go from the doctrine of under the law of the Old Testament to being under the doctrine of the New Covenant of Grace in the New Testament, you don't make marriage doctrine more legalistic in the New Covenant of Grace than you ever was under the law. And not only that, but the law of the Old Testament actually regulated polygamy and allowed it. So if it was regulated and allowed under the law when you'd be stoned to death for not keeping it perfectly, how much more should we be realizing there is no legalism to be creating more legalism against polygamy in the New Covenant of Grace? So from that, that's where I realized that the Bible never created the man-made doctrine of one man, one woman. Yes, it is true that you will not find same-sex marriage anywhere in the Bible, and that's something that as a Christian you wouldn't find there in the Bible. But you cannot say that the Bible actually created the one man, one woman doctrine. So as that came to my understanding, a new thing started in the 90s called the Internet, and I brought these arguments to the Internet after publishing them on a newspaper. That created a movement called Christian polygamy, which had nothing to do with Mormonism or anything of that nature. Other Christians who study the Bible saw this as well, and we, we created a movement called Christian polygamy. By 2005, I was on 700 Club, and they recognized I was using evangelical Christian arguments. And for the first time in history in 2005, the two words Christian and polygamy were no longer a contradiction in terms. And then that catapulted me to the national stage because I could stand on the national stage and be a conservative, not a liberal, be a Christian, not a Mormon or Muslim or lascivious, and raise the arguments to show that neither the Bible nor the Constitution create an enforcement for the false god of base socialist government to license control and... No, and I, that I absolutely agree. So wasn't polygamy and, and the word, because I think we've taken, we tend to think of polygamy as, as uh, more often a man and a group of women, and we, we equate sex with it. But often often marriage was to, to make sure that the women, the widows, or the, uh, the people that were who had never married, were taken care of, were brought in to become part of a family unit. And it was, it was, it, it wasn't necessarily a sexual uh, consensual kind of thing. It, it, that doesn't mean it wasn't, but often that it was, it was for more lofty purposes than what we see depicted in the media. Well, that, that may be true. The, but you go to the next step that you come to our modern era with where women have, great education, great strength, great intelligence, and I want to be clear, I, I understand women have always been smart and women have always been intelligent, but it, they have not been afforded access to education, access to political authority and the political choices that, they, that women now wonderfully get to experience that was not true centuries in centuries past. So realizing that you take today's smart, strong, educated woman and there is no way she's going to put up with a dogmatic, chest-pounding kind of idiotic guy. She's simply not. So when we're talking about consenting adults making a choice for consenting adult polygamy in today's modern society, the only situations where that's going to happen is where the guy is really caring about women, because today's woman is smart and not going to let him get away with being an idiot. 
Yeah, and she has the opportunity to make her own, uh, you know, income, which wasn't always available to women uh, because of the the, the societal changes and, of course, the educational changes as well. You write about that. Do you do you do you think that this is a preferred way, or you just don't take a position on it one way or the other? It, It is a matter of the free marriage market. Let women have a choice. This isn't about what men want. This is about women having a choice. It's interesting, again, my fellow conservatives like to say that they're for the free, mar- free market, but the truth is one man, one woman is actually marital socialism. Let, let's use an example. If you have 10 men and 10 women and nine of those men are jerks, the big government enforcement of one man, one woman has oppressed and taken the choice away from nine of those women to choose the good man. But if you have a true laissez-faire, free marriage economics, let women have a choice. Then suddenly, here's what's going to happen. Now the nine women also have the choice of the good man. And what does that actually do? Now that tells the nine jerks, the jerks say to themselves, oh my gosh, I better hurry up and grow up and stop being a 35-year-old adolescent sitting in his mother's basement playing video games. Then I'm going to actually be something these women would want and be attractive. And then the men become better with men for the women to choose, so it actually would still equilibrate. So at the end of the day, a free market is really the way to go, and one man, one woman is marriage Marxism, saying one woman for each man so that each man might have one. And so it's really it's a redistribution of the better women to the lesser men instead of incentivizing the lesser men to be better men for the women to choose. So, 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 yeah, and there are more women in this country than there are men. And of course, of course, with China, with their own, you know, one child born, uh, they they have a real dearth of women. Uh, so they've been bringing them in from other other countries. We'll be back more with this. Uh, this uh, he's he's a Christian, but he believes in polygamy, and he's telling us why. We'll be back. And now, more from the First Lady of Talk Radio, Jane Carroll, on 1360 KUIK, Westside Talk Radio. Welcome back, everybody. My guest tonight is Mark Henkel, and he's is from the National Polygamy. He's a national polygamy advocate, and he's been telling us why uh, the government has no business in it, and why it might be a better system uh, for everybody, including the women, and gives them more choice. He says, and and he's is, is a champion. It. I'm getting emails. Are you are you a polygamist? Well, because of the law, and certainly the recent decision that reversed the, with the Brown v. Goomin case, many laws, including my state here, I'm from the other Portland, I'm from Maine, uh-huh. and the state of Maine has the bigamy law that has what's called the purports clause, and the mere free speech act of a happily married man with one marriage license, the free speech act of calling any other woman in his family as wife, that one word, is a crime by the mere act of purporting to be a polygamist. So from that standpoint, the law doesn't even allow me to free speech to say what my family relationship is. Yeah, and you're talking about the appeals court ruling uh, that reversed a 2013 U.S. Uh, sub-district court decision that determined that the state violated polygamist rights to privacy and religious freedom, and that that has been reversed. Well, it was, it, what it was, they actually didn't hear it. What they did was And this really should be a threat to every single American out there, especially conservatives who believe in uh, being a republic, a rule under law. 
is that what they did is they established that the Brown family didn't have standing because it was moot. So they refused to actually hear the case on its merits. What they did is they just said they didn't have standing. And here's why it should be terrifying to every American across America. Imagine a law where a prosecutor gets to pick and choose whether they're going to prosecute it or not. For example, many were upset during the Windsor decision from SCOTUS when the president's attorney general refused to defend DOMA, the Defense of Marriage Act. Right. And many conservatives were very upset. You're supposed to obey the law. The, the executive is supposed to execute the law. It's up to the Congress, the legislature, to make the law. And, and the president doesn't get to dis- decide which law gets passed. Well, the same thing is true for attorney generals in the states. And that's actually what happened here, is that there is a law on the books that is unconstitutional. The Browns took this to the court system. They determined that it was indeed unconstitutional and was violating them. But here's the subterfuge that the prosecutor achieved. The prosecutor said, we will no longer go after the Brown family. So we have picked and choose this one family. We hereby testify we are never going to prosecute the Brown family unless they're involved in other crimes. So at that point, there was this thing called no more controversy, no more standing. So because they decided that they weren't going to prosecute this one family, the 10th District said, well, then the family doesn't have standing. There's not controversy. They're not even going to hear the case. So they threw the case out. But the reason why that's the height of tyranny is because you either pass laws to be enforced or you don't have laws at all. And so for now here what we've got is you, you're having government having its cake and eating it too. It's saying that government will write a law, pass the law, keep it on the book, even though it's unconstitutional. And then when somebody pursues it as being unconstitutional, all the prosecutor has to say is, oh, well, we won't go after you. But anybody else is still vulnerable. And so then the case gets thrown out and the bad law remains on the books. This is the height of tyranny, no matter what law it is. It's, it's like Rosa Parks, uh, a law being passed to say that she can't, uh, she has to uh, ride at the uh, the back of the bus. And if she refuses, and then the prosecutor says, oh, well, we won't go after her. But everybody else, we will. So at that point, you've got tyranny where the government can just pick and choose what they're going to do. And that should scare every American out there, especially conservatives who consider themselves as believing in being a republic, being a rule yeah. of law. And, and I think we've seen that practiced a, a great deal. And this, this, this presidency chooses not to enforce certain laws. Uh, most people think Hillary Clinton's not going to be uh, prosecuted that if, uh, for crimes that if you and I committed, the book would have been thrown at us long ago. So right. it, that, that's, but so, so is this movement for polygamy, uh, is it something that uh, is getting a lot of traction because of the, the legal rights of it and the argument of the government has no right to, to legislate you know, marriage in, to begin with? Or is, is this something that uh, with the increased definition of marriage by the government and not, not the people, uh, pretty much um, moot for the, the time being? Well, as the National Polygamy Advocate of NationalPolygamyAdvocate.com, I have been proposing the polygamy rights win-win solution to end the marriage debate once and for all. And it's a solution that allows the left to win, saying they have equality for all. It allows the right to win, saying they have limited government. And it is a win-win that everybody gets to win, and nobody gets to redefine marriage or impose their definition on anyone else. And the polygamy rights win-win solution is simple. Abolish all government marriage control for unrelated consenting adults. Then no one gets to 
pick and choose what the definition is. Nobody gets to enforce that. Nobody gets to use discrimination laws against other people. Everybody gets to have their freedom as unrelated consenting adults. And so that becomes the solution for everyone. Now, here you've got the conservatives and the, especially the OMAO conservatives, one man, one woman supporters. They've got, essentially, they have three options in the, in the face of Obergefell from last June, the U.S. Supreme Court decision. They can either roll over and die and just give up forever, or they can accept this win-win solution, which is the true conservative position, get government out of it, have limited government, or they can continue to keep trying the same losing, failing method of a trying to pursue a marriage control amendment into the Constitution. But the fact is you are never, ever going to get 38 states to ratify a marriage control amendment. And I keep calling it marriage control because that's really what we're talking about. You know, the left might say that therefore marriage equality, but really what that is, their equality is a, an Orwellian animal farm type of equality where some are less equal than others. For example, unrelated consenting adult polygamists are less equal than same-sex marriage. On the right, you've got, they call it uh, the traditional marriage, and they call it uh, marriage protection. But to call marriage control marriage protection is as silly as calling gun control gun protection. You know, the reality is this is about marriage control. And instead of having control by government, let individuals have their choice and get government out of it altogether. That's limited government. That's equality for all. That's American freedom under the U.S. Constitution. I can see a lot of of Christians agreeing with you on the whether the government belongs in it. But the the fear, I mean, our tax laws are based on marital status. The benefits and deductions are based on marital status. Uh, mm-hmm. The government isn't going to get out of the marriage business. It's a very lucrative one for them. Well, so, well, we have to again from ourselves as individuals. We have to rise up and say we demand freedom for all of us. And that's why I'm saying this is a win-win solution for all sides. At the end of the day, we should have no special rights for one man, one woman, no special rights for same-sex marriage, and certainly not criminalization for unrelated consenting adults. Okay, the, the final question, this is what, what most Christian churches fear right now, is that the, uh, the, 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 the same-sex marriage champions, it won't be enough to, now that they're, they're legal, but they're going to go after the tax-exempt status of churches if they don't start marrying uh, same-sex couples. Do you, All do, the more reason I say embrace our solution. Let's get government out of it. That will stop. Yeah, I think that's why a lot of people... Okay, where can people get more information, Mark? They can get it at nationalpolygamyadvocate.com. I have a YouTube, Mark Henkel Polygamy, where I've spoken in many places. I have a, a DVD of my keynote speech at Yale. Mark Henkel is National Polygamy Advocate. Presented polygamy to the public since 1994. National Polygamy Advocate.com